Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to Baldy's Breakdowns on radio.com. I'm Jason Lockett for alongside my main man, Brian Baldinger, for another week to take you around the NFL. As always, please check us out uh, wherever you download your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, what have you. Please rate, review, give us some feedback. You can also find us on Twitter at BaldyNFL and at Jason Lock and Fora. Uh, and, and Baldy, we're, we're six weeks into this thing now. Um, we've already experienced some coaching shakeups, mm-hmm. and we've got an exciting quarterback change in Miami, a team you talked mm-hmm. a lot about last week, and you love the foundation they're building. But yeah. they obviously went through basically two years of roster machinations and staff changes to get to a point to be able to select a face of the franchise quarterback and incubate him properly from a staff and personnel standpoint. And at three and three going into a bye, they clearly feel like the cast around to a tongue of Aloha is sufficient to help him start his NFL journey. And I'm fired up to see it. You know what? Good morning, uh, Jason. And you're reading this exactly right. Jason. Exactly. I was, I was at hard rock stadium on Sunday doing uh, the jets and dolphins. And uh, game for national radio. And when Tua came in the game with uh, just a little over two minutes to go, mm-hmm. I mean, it was the biggest applause all day uh, by far. Now, that's just the fan base. But you're reading it right. I mean, I think the team has improved enough uh, to go to San Francisco and just blow San Francisco out the week before to, to take the Jets apart and never allow them to be competitive for a play in the game. Defensively, they're in good shape. Offensively, they're starting two rookies on the right side, but there's yeah. promise to those two rookies. And there's a third rookie, uh, Austin Jackson. When he gets back, he'll probably go back to left tackle. But that being said, they've got weapons. I mean, no, I mean, there's a lot of teams in this league that would like to throw to Devontae Parker, yes. or Preston Williams, or Mike Gesicki. Um, There's a good system in place with Chan Gailey. He's a veteran coach, been around a long time. And I think it's, I think the time is right. I mean, you're going to make the move as much as we all admire and respect Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, Jason. I don't can't remember him ever taking a team to a playoff or being in the playoffs. I mean, this is what it's all about right now is the AFC East is clearly up for grabs. If you go back to December of last year, Jason, the Dolphins are six and five. Mm. 
and they've beaten the Eagles yeah. and the Patriots and the 49ers. So they are more than competitive. They're playing winning football. And it's now to his time. He's had six weeks to really learn under Ryan Fitzpatrick. No preseason. But you can tell even on the sideline shots on Sunday that they get along great. Yes. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, you don't have to go to Harvard to know that when you draft a guy in the fifth round and the year before they're tanking for two and all that stuff, there he is. That it's just a matter of time. And this has happened to Ryan before. And his job right now is to mentor to him. And I think he'll take that role just fine. And I think, you know, this is a young quarterback's league. You've got to get him in there. I think they've done everything right to this point. And I respect Brian Flores. I don't know Brian Flores, uh, Jason, but I, I like the way this team is being coached and the way they respond to him. And Baldy, I think you mentioned the reaction of fans and what it was like being in that stadium when they made the change, yeah. which was cosmetic, right? The game was not in doubt. Right. It was just to right. bleed this young man in and give him that moment. Nobody was cheering more than Fitzpatrick. And I think what yeah. fans don't get is, like, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is self-aware enough to know, like, yeah, man, four to six weeks, maybe eight, I could be your guy. I can hang in there. We could be competitive, but Baldy, as that sample size expands and as the number of hits he takes increases, you know, he's not he's trying to get 16 or 12 to 16 weeks out of him at this stage of his career is a bridge too far. And that's not why he's there in the first place. He's no. there for four weeks, six weeks, maybe eight at the most until this transition took place. I think the time is right. I mean, you get the bye week. I mean, you know, the bye week is different for everybody this year. Yeah. Jason, nobody can leave town. You're being checked in every day. You're, you're taking your temperature. You know, you're trying to stay COVID-free. I mean, nobody's going anywhere. So, you know, I, I know uh, Tua through a bunch of friends in Hawaii. I mean, his character is unquestioned. Uh, his commitment to the game is unquestioned. Uh, you know, he, he, will, he will take this two-week period here to prepare himself like nobody else. I, 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 don't, I think the team will respond to him. And so – They've got good. They've got some good talent around them. They've got the, the pieces in place, and now it's just a question of, you know, can he keep the train on the tracks? Can they win the games that they're supposed to? And then, how competitive can they stay in the AFC East? Can they can they take down the Patriots? You know, when they play them again, can they take down Buffalo? And can they get in the race here? Because to me, when I watch this division, it looks like it's up for grabs for me. The way the other three teams have played. Well, let's let's stay in that division, Baldy. Um, we don't need to belabor the point with the Jets, right? It's going to be the Jets and the Jags for that first overall pick. I mean, the Jets have scored the fewest points in the league and have given up the fifth most. But the interesting week for the Bills and the Patriots, and we both like Sean McDermott a lot, and we talked a lot in the summer uh, a few weeks leading up to the season about that Bills defense and the culture they had built and sort of what they stood for. And I know there's been injuries, Baldy, but like one week is like an occurrence, right? Two weeks is a coincidence. Three weeks is a trend. Six weeks, I'm starting to wonder if this is who they are. And if this is who they are, that's a problem. Well, I watched Kansas City, uh, you know, run for 245 yards in that steady downpour on Monday night. And if, you know, I mean, you got to give credit to, to the Chiefs and Andy Reid. I mean, they had a new center in there, Daniel Kilgore. They lost their right tackle, who's never missed a game in his life, yeah. on the eighth play of the game in Mitchell Forbes. And they did this juggle thing. Nick Allegretti comes in. Mike Rebers goes from left guard to right guard. And all they did was block Buffalo up all night. 
And, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire went for 160, and they ran the ball down their throats. Uh, and then when they weren't doing that, they couldn't really defend Patrick Mahomes when he did have to throw it, especially on third downs. Now, they've lost Matt Milano. Yep. They've lost Levi Wallace. Like everybody else, they've lost starters. But they don't look good up front defensively. Uh-huh. And that's – they were the number two defense in the NFL yes. last year. Uh, and they're nowhere near that right now. And you can't say that one player in that team from, you know, even a guy like Tredavious White, I mean, you can't say one player in that team is playing at an, uh, a high level. Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds doesn't like look was, right. I don't think he, he can't be He can't be healthy, right? He's like, had a bad shoulder. He had a bad shoulder yeah. from week one, and yeah. he just doesn't look right. He doesn't make any plays right now. He doesn't run the same. In fact, he, he's almost in, it's hard for a guy 6'5, 255 pounds to be invisible, yeah. but he's almost invisible right now. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. And Josh Allen, the last two weeks, uh, quarterback rating of 75.92. I think he's trying to do too much. He's feeling that the defense isn't what it is. And that they're at a they're at an interesting crossroads, Baldy. Yep. And then and then we've got the Patriots. Um, and we knew that the passing game would be constricted, right? They don't have anybody who's going to beat you outside of five to eight yards. Um, they're going to try to beat you with multiplicity in the run game. But then they keep losing offensive linemen, Baldy, and they didn't react well to the change that schedule. And Sony Michelle's not there now. And if their running backs can't run the ball, they're bleeped. They're you know what, as far as what you, you know, know what I say. Yeah, I never want to question what the Patriots do. But last week, Jason, so they've lost their center, they lost the right guard. I mean, yes. these are, you know. So they got these rookies in there, but they did this juggle. They took their starting left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, they put him in the left guard. They took their starting left guard, Joe Tooney, they put him at center. Then they put a rookie left tackle in, in Justin Heron. All right. Then they they put their rookie, Mike, uh, Michael Wenyu, the right guard. They lost the right tackle, so they put him at right tackle. Then they put this kid Froholt in there at right guard. I mean, they were bad up front. And so when they were bad up front, look, the first pass gets intercepted, you know, the Isaiah Wynn gets beat at left guard cleanly, and he tips the ball and gets intercepted. You know, then they fumble it, then they throw another interception. I mean, they couldn't score. And the defense was taking the ball away. They didn't, they didn't allow Denver to score a touchdown to kick six field goals. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the defense pretty much did their part, taking the ball away, limiting the field goals. I mean, I don't know that they had another quarter that they could have scored a touchdown to win the game. They, they, they couldn't sustain the offense. It was hard to watch. And you're right. If they can't run the ball, like really run it yeah. effectively for 150, 200 yards type run, and that's, you know, that's added in with what Cam gives you. Like, because their passing game is, I mean, they got the ball to Julian Edelman twice for eight yards. I mean, they couldn't get the ball to the wide receivers at all. No, that, that and we'll see if they can sort out the offensive line. But I, I, that was, I mean, I think Drew Locke, he, 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 had 10 completions, two interceptions. I think the Broncos were three of 13 on third down and they won in Foxborough. You know, it's like, ah, that's, that's a troubling sign. Do you, do you have a lean in that division, Baldy? Like if you had to handicap it right now? Yeah. it's No, I I couldn't, I couldn't handicap it at all. Cause I don't know. know, At some point, some team, I believe have got to start stacking some wins together. I don't know who's consistent enough to do that. I mean, Buffalo could, but the way that they've played the last two weeks, um, you know, you can't say that about them. So 
I mean, to me, the division, I mean, it's not the NFC East. We'll get to that, I'm sure. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a strong division right now. And it won't surprise me if Tua gives this team a lift that the Dolphins could be certainly in the, in the hunt to, yeah. to claim that division right now. The way yeah. they're playing defense, and I mean they're losing players too, like everybody else. But uh, you know, I mean they're going to be they're going to be competitive in that division. I wouldn't rule them out. Right, right. Well, let's let's shift to the NFC least. Um, that was next on my uh, checklist anyway. Uh, I, I think look, it is what it is. Like it, it's a, a horrible division, and none of these teams are going to be able to beat teams outside of that division with any regularity. But, Baldy, I do have a strong lean. Watching the Eagles, of an incredibly beat-up Eagles team, and an Eagles team that was getting thrashed physically in all aspects of play mm-hmm. for a good 40 minutes yep. um, on Sunday Against to do what they did and Carson to basically make a statement to that locker room that I'm going to give you everything I have. Even if you can't, you can't protect me a lick, I'm going to keep us in games against good teams, even when I don't have anybody to throw the ball to, except for Fulgham, whoever, wherever he came from. He looks pretty good for three weeks. But I, I was really impressed with some of the the sort of um, non-box score statements. Like if you watch that game play after mm-hmm. play after play, it's like they had no Carson had no business doing that. They had no business doing this. And I know they lost even more players coming out of that game, right? No Miles Sanders for Thursday, no Urch for Thursday. But I am hearing Peters and Lane Johnson back after the bye. And I'm hearing a couple of receivers back after the bye. And you know how he's going to make a move before the deadline, like mm-hmm. how he needs the action. I felt like yeah. that was a case where that was a game that they were – they were, they were looking towards Thursday anyway. They knew they were in a hole against the Ravens physically with that D-line against their inept offensive line. A bunch of kids playing their first, second, and third NFL game. I actually came away impressed. And then watching Dallas do what they did, I think the road's there for the Eagles. They play, what, the Giants twice in the next month, the yep. Cowboys once, and they have their bye. And that front, I mean, they run eight deep on the D-line and forget about it. So no, look, I, I don't look, know about look, you, but I kind of felt like that was a loss. I, that looked I, to me I, like I a win. Like, especially after watching Dallas, uh, yes. it, as anemic as they were against the Arizona Cardinals, for Zeke to give the ball up twice like Ooh. that, Danny Dalton not be able to get the ball to a wide receiver in the first half. Mike McCarthy looks like he's got no answers at all. Mm-hmm. I don't see him. I mean, I know the mask. It's a masked world. But, like, I don't see him talking to anybody. I mean, you see these sideline shots of Mike McCarthy. I'm waiting for him to say something, do something. He's just watching this inept team. So the Cowboys, you know, I mean, I watched the Giants-Redskins game. I mean, they were – Ron Rivera basically said at the end of that game, I'm tired of watching this. Let, let's just go for right, two. Right. I mean, it's like a preseason game, right? It's like the preseason game. Like, let's just yeah. get off the field. Nobody else let's can get hurt. off the field. Let, let's, you know, win it or lose it, let's get off the field. Yeah. Let's just go home. You know, let, let's regroup. I mean, that's kind of what I felt like. And I'm not saying he threw in the towel, but he's, he couldn't watch it anymore. It was horrible. So I'm with you on the Eagles. The one thing, and you saw it, Jason, is they are strictly a, uh, a big play team. Yes. They had four plays to 40 yards or more in that game against the Ravens defense, which is the best in the league, maybe. I mean, they, they and they went after Marlon Humphrey. They went after Marcus yeah. Peters. Um, they blocked him up with a bunch of, you know, Free agents up front, and they're going to have another one in there on Thursday night. Tua Peta has never played an NFL game. I mean, it'll be like literally the fifth offensive lineman that they'll throw into a game this year that has never played an NFL game. So, I mean, that's what – and Carson's just doing what he can. 
But I do believe that at some point the Eagles are going to stack wins. Yes. And you could call whatever you want, but I'm with you. I, I think they're still going to be the best team. And, you know, you win the division, you're going to get a home playoff game. And if they're healthy enough by the time you get to December or January, they, they might even be a little dangerous. Yeah, no, I'm 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 completely with you there, Baldy. Well, one other team I wanted to hit on before we we looked at some specific games uh, for this weekend, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, maybe this is a bias. Maybe this is something that's in me. Like I I came in with um, a preconceived notion and I refused to get off it. Although I, I feel like I'm generally pretty willing to admit defeat. I know they won another game. I look at the offense and just say, I, I don't see how this is sustainable, uh, especially when you get towards the playoffs and especially in the playoffs. But five and one is five and one, I guess. You know what the average starting field position was for the Bears offense in that game because of how they played defense? Their average field position was the 44-yard line. So even an offense that is as inept as they are, if you start every drive yeah. on average at the 44, you're going to score enough points, yeah. which they did. And so, look, Carolina had not turned the ball over. They turned it over three times against the Bears. When you look at that front, Mike uh, Robert Quinn has made a difference. Um, you know, Khalil Mack is, is, is Mack. But Akeem Hicks makes a huge difference inside. There are eight, you know, they, they've got these Bartivius Mingo and some of these other guys. They come in to spell them. But they're playing this Jalen Johnson at the corner and Eddie Jackson woke up and Tayshawn Gibson's been a good player everywhere he's ever been. Like yeah. that's a good defense. It's a and and they're they look a lot like the defense that led the league in sacks and takeaways two years ago that fueled them to win the AFC North or NFC North two years ago. And I, I feel like this defense is is as good as that defense was two years ago. And wow. If they play defense like that, the Vikings are going to have trouble. The Lions are going to have trouble. The Packers are going to have trouble. So uh, they're going to keep them in every game. And 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 Nick and I, I Nick Foles is, you know, you know the, the guy is just resilient and he's tough and he's unflappable. So they got the right guy in there, a quarterback. Their offensive line is so is so average or below average. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do a lot of things. That's that's the one real, you know, the real knock on that offense right now is that it's just hard to, to get things down the field right now. But the defense is going to keep me in these games. And, and you're right, 5-1, that's a great start. I don't see them collapsing. I see them winning 10 games right. at least. So right. they're going to be in the hunt. Right. Well, actually, I lied. Let's stay in that division because I, I, I want to – the Packers-Texans game, we don't really need to talk about as a game because I think we know what the Texans are. But I do want to get your, your, your take on the Packers. Uh, Obviously, the quarterback's not going to throw two early picks every single week, and he doesn't throw many pick sixes. But my longstanding belief on the Packers is if they have to play from behind, they really can't do it. And if you want to run on that Mike Pettin defense, it's there all day for the taking if you stick with it. And the ends, you know, the Smith brothers, they're not getting home quite like they did last year. And to me, the dirty little secret about them has been the offense has taken steps forward. Like the offense can beat you in different ways now, even if personnel's not there. And they're letting Aaron cut it loose and 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 throw for more volume than we saw a year ago. And we know they can run it. But I, I don't know that this is the defense that we saw from last October even. And they got worse as last season went along. Well, I mean, 
Nobody, I mean, everybody that watches Tampa, they thought the weakness was they couldn't run the football. Yeah. And Rojo last week ran through the Packers defense, not quite like the 49ers did a year ago, but they blocked him up. I mean, Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith. I mean, I don't know the names of all the linebackers. Chris yeah. Barnes in there. I mean, it doesn't matter. Christian Kirksey. I mean, he's always been in and out of any lineup he's ever been in. And he's their middle linebacker. So they play a dime defense. You got to run them out of it. The, the Bucks did. Um, Brady didn't have to do a lot. Nope. They couldn't cover Gronk, and everybody had covered Gronk to the point. Yeah. So they did not make a good statement. I, and, you know, and I'm look. The the Packers are up ten nothing in that game. You throw a pick six to Jamel Dean. You you throw another interception off a tip pass by Carlton Davis, and you're at the two yard line. All of a sudden, that ten nothing lead evaporated in minutes to fourteen to ten, and just that they had a hard time doing anything. So I think the Packers are still a good team, but they there is a certain way that they have to play in order for them to really play well. And you can't they can't turn the ball over. They can't give anybody short fields. And that's what they did the other night. So uh, you know, people were still questioning when they were four and oh like how good are they? Well, uh the Bucks showed you that, you know, with a talented defense, you can really limit what that offense can do. Um, all right, Baldy, a couple of uh, games that we'll turn our attention to now here uh, for week seven. And and let's start with uh, one of the few really good divisional matchups on the board. Panthers Saints, 1 p.m. Sunday. Uh, Carolina kind of came back to, to earth a little bit um, last week and, and not Teddy Bridgewater's best game. Uh, the Saints. I think we both still have questions about their defense. Uh, what do you think are the keys to this one? Well, you, you mentioned, you know, Teddy Bridgewater had done a great job of taking care of the football. And last week, you know, the, the, you get the interceptions and you get the fumble and, you know, and that's that's what Matt Rule had really pride them on. And they kind of just fell apart a little bit. But, uh, you know, the one thing about Carolina is, like, they're so well coached. Yeah, uh, they do a great job of getting the ball to their key players and the way that they do it. Um, Phil Snow is an unbelievable uh, strategist on defense. They play a lot of zone. They keep a lot of things in front of you. They tackle. They tackle really well. So they're not going to get blown out. They're not going to New Orleans, and it's not going to be a, a some sort of track meet for the Saints. Even though they get Michael Thomas back and Kamara, and they've got all these things. Like Carolina will give. They will make Drew Brees hold the ball. And it just seems like the longer he holds it, you just don't get the big – they're not going to get the big plays that um, that they like to take, you know, five or six times a game. It's not going to go over Carolina's heads. I don't believe that. So I think it's going to be a good divisional game, and they're going to see a good coaching staff in Carolina. And so I expect a really competitive game. And I'm not – I don't know why the Saints defense isn't better than they are because – if you just look at them from the names on the back of the jerseys, they should be much better than yeah. what they've been. They, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is, I mean, he's a top tier cornerback. Janoris Jenkins is still a top tier cornerback, but yet they're still getting beat. And so something's just not right. Cam Jordan has not yet really been Cam Jordan to my, the way that I'm used to watching him, like take over games and really influence games yet. So I mean, they, Demario Davis, like they've got all the players there. Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport. I mean, I know all the players. Yeah. They haven't really played well together no. yet. So I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that to kick in and to be a consistent thing with that team. 
Another game that I'm really intrigued by, Baldy, 405 kickoff, and and this is the other uh, divisional game that caught my eye. Seahawks-Cardinals. You know, we we, we get Seattle, what, coming off off the bye. Bye. We've got an Arizona team that, you know, look, we we, we talked about how bad Dallas is. I I don't know how many games you're going to be able to win in the NFL, you know, with nine completions or how many blowouts especially. Uh, but Seattle has some defensive issues. And I look at this division, Baldy. The Rams have beat up on the NFC East, but haven't done a whole lot outside of it. The 49ers is a complete triage unit at this point. Like, that, it, it, I mean, offensive line, defensive line, running backs, receivers. I, I mean, this game, I think if Seattle wins this game, you, you, you got to start feeling pretty good about their ability to win that division. Oh, I, I, I don't think there's any question about it. But, you know, Arizona did go up to Seattle last year. Week 16, they beat Seattle, Mm -hmm. who was going to the playoffs. Uh, You watch Arizona's defense. I know it was Dallas, but you you can't take your eyes off Buda Baker and what he does. You know, and they you know they drafted Hassan Reddick three years ago with the 13th pick, and he really hadn't done much. They were trying to trade him. They were trying to peddle the contract at this time last year. Yeah, well, I mean, but you know they lost Chandler Jones, so they put Hassan Reddick as a pass rusher in that temple with Matt Rule there, but he was a pass rusher. I mean, they love the – and last week he got two sacks against Dallas. Um, they're putting him in a position. If you look at their – just their uh, just their defense right now, I mean, they can line up and play. They've got speed. Um, they've got playmakers. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for Patrick Peterson to kind of look a little bit like yeah. Patrick Peterson. Yeah. The one guy that really hasn't showed up yet. Um, and, you know, it could be a lot of things. It could be just age catching yep. up to him or whatever. But I'm waiting for him to sort of step up and beat Patrick Peterson the way we were used to seeing him. But they can compete in this game. Now, I understand like, Cliff Kingsbury and I, – I I mean, just watching Kyler throw the ball. He didn't throw the ball well the other night. He did throw yeah. the 80-yard touchdown to Sabell. I mean, he's got a big arm. He's got to throw the ball better, but they can run the ball against anybody. And he's a big part of the running game. Kenyon Drake did that. Yeah. So I think if they can run it, and that's what Cliff really wants to do, he wants to spread you out to run the ball and try to defend all 11, I think it's going to be a fun game, a real fun game, because I haven't seen Seattle's defense do anything to anybody no. yet. So, uh, but, you know, Russell Wilson is just – I mean, he's out of this galaxy right now the way he's playing. So, um, And I don't think that's going to change that much. I don't know that anybody can really stay with DK Metcalf, although I'd love to see Patrick Peterson line up on him and see what he can do to take him out of the game. I mean, it's just a yeah. natural matchup that you'd want to watch right now. Two other games I wanted to highlight. Um, I'll save what I think is is the best yep. for last. Old school slobber knocker. But before we get to that one, Sunday night, Bucks at Raiders. The last time we saw the Raiders in prime time against a highly thought of NFC South team, they punched the Saints in the face. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what do you think here? Obviously, the, the, the Raiders a little bit well rested for this one. Um, Tom Brady in prime time, you, you generally think, He's the man, but we saw him on a Thursday night in Chicago not that long ago, and and the whole offense was out of sorts. Now, it was a short week, and they had some injuries, and, and they're healthier at the receiver spot. Um, what, what are you looking for in this I one? I think it's going to be a really entertaining game, Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, Raiders coming off a bye, so they're going to get healthier. Brian Edwards, the rookie, and Henry Ruggs all be out there. And I mean, this is, this is John Gruden, you know, going up against – I mean, I know it's it's Tampa two, 2020, but, I mean, that is his old team there that he won yeah. a Super Bowl with. 
Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of pride in what John did there in Tampa with Tony Dungy's team. But I, this is going to be a, you know, I just wish there was fans in the stadium because yeah. the stadium is so beautiful. But this is, this is the Raiders' chance to make a statement. Uh, in their division, around the league, this is John Gruden's third year, him and Mike, Mike Mayock. Uh, there's going to be so many really talented players on the field. Young Speed, Henry Ruggs. You know, you look at what the Raiders have drafted on defense, and Max Crosby and Trayvon Mullen. I mean, some of the guys that are out there, uh, Jonathan Abram. Yeah. You know, and then Tampa's defense was lights out good. Devin White, nobody could block the guy yeah. for Tampa's defense. And then – They've been drafting high defensive backs yes. over the last three years. Carlton Davis is a star. I mean, he just is. Like, he was on Sunday. He's got three interceptions. He probably could have had four or five, uh, number four or five last week against uh, Aaron Rodgers. Got his hands on a bunch of balls. But if you look at Jamel Dean and, and Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield, I mean, some of these names are going to become household names. And it might, it might be this week against, you know, Derek Carr. But this is going to be a really good football game. And, you know, it'll come down to the quarterbacks and how they play. Uh, but there's so many good young players and fast players all over the field uh, for these teams. So I want to see, like, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We haven't really seen the combination of those two together on the field really impact the game. And it feels like it's time for Tom Brady to start feeding both those guys yeah. in addition to what he does at tight end. And make the the Raiders cover because that's going to be the question. Can they can they cover these receivers when Brady wants to go to them deep? And how good is Brady throwing the ball to these guys? Well, and Baldy, the the game that I'm yep. most looking forward to the whole league is the Steelers and the Titans, two bullies meeting at one p.m. in Tennessee. And and look, Baldy, we live in this fantasy football culture where. You know, people are always like want injury updates and it's always about a quarterback and it's always about is this running back? And I get it. You know, this tight end, he's questionable. Is he going to play? Um, I look at the injuries that these two teams suffered. Devin Bush and Taylor Lewan, both out for the season with ACLs. Boy, that they might prove to be as significant as anything we've seen with skill positions. The last time the Steelers lost a middle linebacker this influential with Ryan Shazier. The whole thing kind of came apart. And I don't think it's going to happen now because there's better talent there. But, you know, Spillane, I don't know anything. about. Like, I, I, we're going to find out if he's a player or not. And the yeah. Titans went from having a set of bookend tackles, you know, mm -hmm. in the playoffs last year where you're like they're Mullers to now the left tackles out for the year and the right tackle plays for the Cleveland Browns. Right. How 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 significant are those injuries? And and what do you see in this one? The Titans put up 627 yards of offense um, this weekend. Uh, they were unbelievably good. I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry can go 94 yards yeah. on any carry because he's, he's a superhero out there. I mean, nobody can get to his body. It's He's just the biggest biggest body, longest arms, and he, he just stiff arms guys right off his body. They can't literally get to him. <clears throat> um, Ryan Tannehill is so – he's been so good over these – over the last year, I mean, he's he's it's seventeen he's, uh, games now, Baldy. I mean, he's this is fifteen no and four, counting the playoffs. Fifteen and four as a starting quarterback. He's got thirteen touchdowns, two interceptions. His, you know, you you almost like for, completely forget about him as a Miami Dolphins quarterback. Yeah, because he looks totally different. Um, Arthur Smith is really 
understands his strengths. They, they move him a little bit, but when he does have to move, he's, he's a very good athlete. Um, he throws well on the run. He did the other night. He constantly puts teams in a bind, and he's just deadly accurate with the ball. Um, this Janu Smith just yeah. kind of keeps getting better and better out of Florida International. Uh, he's a real target to him. A.J. Brown, healthy. He's got – I mean, it's a, it, it, people always ask, you know, is it, is it Derek Henry, is it Ryan Tannehill? It's both of them. Right. It, it's both. But the one thing is this week they're going to see probably the best front four in football. And so you mentioned the loss of Tan, you know, of Taylor Lewan. I mean, it couldn't happen against a worse team to go up against when you look at Bud Dupree and, and TJ Watt mm-hmm. and what Cam Hayward is mm-hmm. and Stephon Dewitt and Tyson Alualo. I mean, it's the best front. And they play a robber defense. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick takes the middle of the field away. They make you go to the, to the outside. So, you know, Pittsburgh's defense, it's got them in every game. They look like the team that led the league in sacks and takeaways a year ago. They lead the league in sacks again. They got a bunch last week in the pick six by Minka. Uh, I, I I think Pittsburgh's defense, they travel well. Uh, you know, they just made Cleveland, like, put their tail behind <laughs> the legs and, yeah. and wander on back 90 miles to Cleveland. Yes. I mean, I like what Pittsburgh's doing right now. And what Ben's doing offensively, um, they, he, he can do just about anything he wants to do. I, I like Pittsburgh in this game because I think they're just the better all-around football team right now. How concerned are you about the loss of Devin Bush? I'm, I'm real concerned because the one thing about Devin Bush is uh, he, he when your middle linebacker runs 4-4, <laughs> you know, it makes your whole defense look faster. When your middle linebacker is that fast, like you can't take your eyes off 55. He strikes like a Cobra. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm concerned because they blitz him. He, he covers backs out of the backfield. He makes up for mistakes from anywhere else with his speed. He's, he's pretty irreplaceable to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically the vibe in that building. So we'll have to see how both these teams um, adapt. Uh, somebody's going to come out with their first L in a long time. Um, but you know what? Yeah. I think it's going to be a win for all of us who watch it, Paul. I, I think that's going to be, be a great game. A heck of it's, a football it's really going to be a great game. And I mean, we don't get to the this point of the season, week seven, with two undefeated teams very often. So it's the marquee matchup. And I don't think it's going to disappoint. I, I think the game will look like a playoff game to yeah. everybody watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, well, that has been the latest edition of Baldi's Breakdowns here. Uh, at radio.com. Please check us out every Wednesday. We will be back to recap some of what we saw and certainly spin things forward into the following week. Um, Baldy, I hope you have uh, safe travels, my friend. Yeah. Where are you headed this weekend? I'm headed to Foxborough. I'm just going to see the, the 49ers and Patriots this weekend. Uh, haven't been up to Foxborough in a while. And normally when uh, the Patriots throw a clunker like they did on Sunday. They usually rebound pretty good. And uh, Jimmy G looked like he got all the way back last week. And his coach did a great job of helping him along the way. So this should be – this should say a lot about both teams uh, this weekend up there in Foxborough. Yeah, we, we look forward to getting your report from there and uh, doing all this again next Wednesday. Thanks yeah. to everybody for listening. Um, and we'll be back next Wednesday with the next edition of Baldy's Breakdowns.
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus